All right, hello Canada and baseball fans in the United States, Newfoundland, of course, Montana, Trinidad and Tobago, um, Siam, wherever you're listening, we appreciate it. This is episode 11 of Backflips and Maple Dips, The Kids Are All Right. So that is the theme of today's episode. We are going to be talking about the youth movement of the Jays. We are going to be recapping the week that was. We're going to be talking about who's hot, who's not on the Jays. Uh, We're also going to be talking about our favorite and least favorite players of all time. Cannot wait to talk about Cement Head, if you listen to the podcast a bunch. You know exactly (laughs) who I'm talking about. Uh, To my left here in Saskatoon, we have uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Justin Anderson. How's it going, bud? It's going wonderful as always. And the uh, Maritime Mistress Maker, as always, joining us on Skype via Halifax. Uh, We have Patrick Marsh. How's it going? Man, it's going great. My name is Clayton Croker, and before we uh, dive into some baseball stuff, uh, let's talk about some CFL. Yeah. Uh, for you folks listening in <laughs> Trinidad and Tobago, you might not know uh, what the CFL is. It's our uh, Canadian Football League. Deron Carter, released by the Riders. Here in Saskatchewan... It's a huge deal. It was the only thing people were talking about. It's a huge, <laughs> huge deal because Deron Carter was the best player. He was put on defense and back on offense. Now he's not even playing for them anymore. Patrick, is it a big deal out in the Maritimes? Well, I mean, the CFL is starting to gain some hype out here, but in general, no, it's not. I just put it in because you guys are obviously in Saskatchewan, and he must have been your boy to well, some extent. Here's I the thing. I am a Winnipeg Blue Bomber fan living in Saskatchewan. Oh, my yeah. God. It's he's a in, fucking nightmare, man. It's enemy I territory. Hate it. I absolutely hate it. Can't wait and for Labor Day. on my radio show, I have to pretend to be a Ryder <laughs> fan because we broadcast the Ryder games. Like, 96.3 <laughs> Cruise FM is the home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yeah. So every morning, I have to be like, oh, yeah, go Raiders. Yeah. Does little bit of you die just every time? Every single morning. Oh, I, I am just. Every time you say something about, like, yeah, go Riders, I'm just like, oh. And to pretend to like Chris he just, Jones. He sounds like, so enthusiastic. It's not time. though. Um, Justin, so, you're the resident rider guy. Yeah, Why did Duron get released? So the rumor on the street, there are a bunch of them. The one that has the most credibility to me is that Duron Carter was a quote unquote cancer in the clubhouse mm-hmm. in the locker room. Um, there's been some rumblings that offensive coaches did not want him there anymore just based on uh, personality clashing with uh, the rest of the personnel. That one makes sense to me because, I mean, Duran's very outspoken, that, Just to a say bit. the least. I would use the word cocky in, mm-hmm. a, in, a, in a descriptive term for him. Um, and a lot of times, rightly so. He's a great athlete. He was the best player on our team. He was, I think he was rated like top eight in CFL's top yeah. 50 players going into the season. Um, and he was our most outstanding player nominee last year. Um, <laughs> the, the, other, the funny rumor for me... Um, that I heard this weekend was because the Riders run a bye week yeah. and it's like Chris Jones had to do something because he just doesn't want to be under the spotlight for two weeks. That is very true. <laughs> so he just was like, oh, I'm just going to release Deron Carter and get myself back in the spotlight and yeah. back on the news. A lot of, lot, of, <sighs> a lot of news going on in the CFL that's not Rider related. We need to change that right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Chris Jones, I'm a yeah, good guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our Chris Jones impressions <laughs> need some work. So. Um, I think it was because after the game in Calgary, he said, you know what? You need to give me the ball more. Ball more. Yeah. You don't do that if you're a receiver. No, you that can't. is rule number one. You can never complain about not getting the ball. Exactly. You have to earn it, and you just have to take advantage of your opportunity when you do get the ball. So, Duran, <laughs> um, have fun in Montreal, bud, because that's where you're going. Like he's going back to Montreal. That's yeah, a so. dumpster fire of a team. Again, I love Johnny Manziel. I do. But uh, the rest of the Alouettes. 
Yeah. Oh, he's hurt so too. Bad. I think he's, he didn't practice today. I don't He'll know. be fine. He's Johnny Football. I for yeah. one like Johnny Football, but that might just be me. What about you, Patrick? Are you a big Johnny Football guy? Oh God, no. <laughs> See, I like college football. Like I love watching oh, college man. football. I could not care less. Uh, before I, this podcast, I was actually I get playing you. College Football 14 oh, wow. on my PlayStation 3. I still have it, and uh, I just love watching Johnny Manziel play for Texas A&M. But sure, well, everyone has a thing. I get it. Go, go Spartans. Go Spartans, gross. Any team that Nick Saban has coached, I have no respect for. <laughs> just oh, like man, we're going to do, we're gonna do a college football special uh, sometime uh, later in the year. <laughs> Not we'll right just, now, It'll just be like a 20-minute episode where you just scream about how great and Nick Saban is or Roll how much tide. you hate Nick Saban. <laughs> Nick Saban is just the worst. Like, Roll what tide. he did to the Miami Dolphins is just – Oh, yeah, that was uh, bad. It, It'll be for another day because we got to yeah. focus on baseball here. <laughs> Let's get to baseball. I believe I uh, <clears throat> called the two wins last week in our predictions, so I'm going to throw that out there right now. Man, we suck. <laughs> we but, are uh, not good. There were a couple players that uh, actually had a pretty good week. Uh, mm. Justin Smoke hit 333, one home run. Four RBIs, and he had four walks, which, I mean, Justin Smoke, not known for taking walks, but yeah, we'll his eye was looking year. pretty good. Yeah. Luke Maley, batting 300. Only 10 at-bats. Exactly, so that's the thing. you got to <laughs> take that with a grain of salt. Uh, Devin <laughs> Travis, he had two home runs and five RBIs. He was looking like the old Devin Travis. Um, yeah. Those are the three guys who had a pretty good week. Out of all of them, who would you say uh, performed the best in your eyes? Let's start with Patrick. Uh, honestly, Justin Smoke. Smoke Daddy is back. Smoke Daddy is killing it at the plate right now, and I love it. He's finally, you know, concentrating on making solid, you know, hard contact, getting those extra base hits. And he's also starting to show off the fact that he's got a good eye for mm-hmm. being able to lay off bad junk that he's getting thrown. Um, unfortunately, this resurgence is about, I don't know, three months too late. Uh, but still, uh, he's playing his way into getting uh, an extra extra little bit of cash, isn't he, Justin? Yeah, he's actually passed the threshold on his option for 1,100 at-bats, and so now he's worth $8, 8 next year oh, if we wow. pick up his option, which hmm. we'd be honestly crazy not to because we, we have nobody to play first base. <laughs> like no young people are playing first base. That's the one no, position no one who's ready. No yeah. one who's ready yet. We, we, we have a couple of guys who are down there, but they're in below, Yeah, they're below double A still. So and we don't want to move Vladdy to first base when he's this young. We're going to get as many years at third base as we can yeah. for him before maybe we have to move him to first It'll base. It'll be a three, just because three four year thing, I think, for for Vladdy. If 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 he's unable to stick at third, it'll probably be four years, I'd say. It's probably the, the time they mm-hmm. give him. So what about uh, people not on that list? Did anyone jump out at you uh, this past week other than Smoke, Maley, and Travis? Or <sighs> No. and to be, well, Russell Martin hit 250 this week. We, sh- we should throw that out there. Good for him. Um, he's got the <laughs> average. It, it's, it's down to 199 after last night, but it was at 201 at one point. Mm-hmm. So he, he's kind of been flirting with that Mendoza line. Playing third base, too? Yeah, playing third base. He's supposed to be playing tonight. Looks like they're going to get rain in Kansas City for a while. Whether or not they actually play tonight might be a late game. So let's talk about the guys who uh, weren't so hot, (laughs) a.k.a. not, which is why we call it who's hot and who's not. Ah. Uh, Kendris Morales, the opposite of Suns Out, Guns Out, Kendris. Um, He went two for 21 this past week. Kevin Pillar, again, not known for his bats. Uh, He bat 174. Gritch Daddy, not the worst, but not the greatest. He did have two home runs and seven RBIs. His average wasn't great, but he's he's striking out Strike out like 10 times, man. So I just want to point out a common theme in all these guys' names. 
Kendris, Kevin, Gritrick. You can't spell any of those without a K. Out of all these guys, and once again, we'll start with Patrick. Um, who had the worst uh, week? Oh, it's it's Kendris Morales. <laughs> it's not even mm-hmm. close. I have to say, though, I have a bit of a bone to pick with Gritch Daddy being mm-hmm. on the who's not list. I think so, I didn't too. Make, the strikeouts, I didn't make this list, the strikeouts put them there for Justin, me. Justin, Gritch Daddy had two home runs and seven yeah, RBIs. Two home runs really, when you strike we were really going to knock times. him because he's a, a power hitter who got 10 Ks. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I'm going to knock him. Why are we picking on T. Oscar Hernandez? His average is a little bit higher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, very slightly. And he walked, and, and uh, I believe Tio walked four times this week compared to uh, he did one mm-hmm. so i mean he did he hit two bombs as well yeah and he, he had 11 strikeouts but four walks so for me the four walks and a bit of a higher average put him in my good graces this week no one likes walks <laughs> come on hey can, can he get for, on base and for randall gritchick <laughs> hitting 207 from where he was earlier in the year yeah. i'll take that i won't i will he was batting like what 095 like to start the season or something yeah it was like pretty that. it was pretty low <laughs> so the fact that he hits 207 any week i mean uh that's good in my books uh just like the hot list is there any play that's not on the not list that you think should be on there no the entire bullpen <laughs> yeah wow you stole my joke patrick damn it i'm sorry i didn't know <laughs> you weren't here for prep i was gonna, i'm never here for prep i just go with it I you, like you walk in and own it well it. with broadcasting there needs to be the uh two you know experts and then the james duthie as i like to call them i am the james duthie of the equation i uh just ask you guys questions you guys I go off on your stats here yeah. oh man and i'll throw in my uh couple of jokes and jabs when yeah. i can just back to kendra Morales for a minute too I mean the last 15 games he's only batting 161 um we saw him like after May 1st he was on a bit of a tear mm-hmm. uh, through July uh, through like the middle of July he was hitting like 301 since May 1st but the last three days he's hitting 262 and his his um slugging has dropped quite a bit uh he's only got five dingers in the last 30 days and for your dh yeah. That's not enough. He's got to go suns out, guns out again. They need to, what they need to do, I, I saw this on the subreddit, and they said the the reason that Kendris Morales is playing well is because they pitched him that one inning. <laughs> we need to pitch him an inning again, and he'll be fine. He'll wow. sort him out. <laughs> that'll, re- that'll reset the counter that'll for how long the counter. he yeah. plays uh, well yeah, for exactly. before he goes into the shits. Yeah. <laughs> Something's going on with him in that he's he has a ridiculous number of strikeouts in August. It's only August uh, what 14th yeah. right now. Uh, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Ooh, let's count eight up. strikeouts in, in 11 games. That's Calm down, that Kendris. Bad. That's less than a strikeout per game. Yeah, that's still, still bad. Really bad. What's his, what are his walk totals this month, Patrick? While you're while you're looking. Uh, well, you know I'm a big uh, big fan of walks. Uh, he's got a grand total of two walks in that period. Gross. So four to one. That's not that that great. don't impress me much. Ooh, um, Shania Twain reference on the podcast. Today. I didn't even notice this, but Kendrick's swing. I remember watching him in Kansas City, thinking like, man, that's just like a crisp swing, you know? Yeah, like it's... it's really really fluid. Something happened to his swing when he moved to Toronto because he's adopted it doesn't the, look the uh, same. He's adopted the Russell Martin paper bag. Because I remember swing. watching him in KC and like, man, that's a good swing. It's a sexy looking swing. And in Toronto, he just doesn't have it. He's yeah. whiffing at everything. Yeah. I don't know if it's his eyesight or if it's an injury or something like that. But, man, it's unfortunate we did not get Kendris of like four years ago. Yeah, and instead well, we have this Kendris. It is what it is. Um, let's dive this into... Uh, 35 years old. Very yeah. true. I mean, he's, he's getting up there in age and he's just... He's lost the the swing, like the speed in his swing. If you see it, he's just behind every fastball. Yeah. It's just 
so frustrating because he's obviously a likable player. He's likable anywhere that he's gone. Mm. When he went to bat for his first at bat uh, yesterday in the game against Kansas City, he, he actually got like a halfway standing ovation. Yeah. People were so happy to see him back in town. He won the World Series there, did he not? Yeah, he would have been there for that, I believe. He was yeah. there for the Royals. Yeah, yeah. Was that okay, 2016 good. when they yeah. won that. Yeah, and yeah. he was a pretty big part yeah. of that team too. So he definitely yeah. was. Yeah. yeah, good for him getting the standing O there. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, let's dive deeper to the Boston series because mm. I mean, we all knew we were going to lose to Boston. They're the best <laughs> team in the league. Uh, yeah. Marcus Stroman, though, in that ten to seven loss, seven innings, two hits, three walks, four strikeouts. Again, classic bullpen. They kind of ruined it oh, for man. him. It was. It's crazy how many runs got scored at the end of that game. Ugh. But Marcus Stroman pitching that kind of game against Boston. Mm. I mean, normally that's a really, really good game, but when it's against the best hitting team, not just right now, but maybe of all time when you look at the Red Sox lineup. It's unbelievable, yeah. That's got to be um, a positive sign for Marcus Stroman, right? For sure. Yeah. No, I mean, anytime you can go seven innings and give up one run on two hits to the league's best offense, you're, you're doing pretty good. Is Marcus in your good books now, Patrick, or are you still a little on the fence about him? Yeah, here's the problem, though, with Marcus. Uh, he had two very good performances in the last week or the last time that we uh, mm-hmm. we sat down to record. Uh, he had the seven-inning performance, and then we're going to talk about him again later uh, in the game, uh, the squeaker that the Jays that managed to get against Tampa. But both, both of them, quality starts. Um, he, he did exactly what he needed to do. He scattered hits. He limited the amount of times uh, he let anybody get on base. I think he still gave up three walks against Boston, but mm-hmm. he deserves a lot more credit than what he's getting. His record is so deceptive. Yeah, and I, and I mean, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the, even the second game, he's dealing with a bit of a blister issue right now, and he still managed yeah. to go uh, five innings and only give up one run to the Rays. So his strikeout totals were low this week because he wasn't really able to use his sinker to its full potential just because it was hurting mm-hmm. when he when he threw it. Um, but even so, he managed to use the rest of his arsenal in w- whatever way he could to get batters out. And that's you got to respect that about a guy who's willing to fight through that. A Blue Jays pitcher dealing plan. with blisters, classic. Um, Ken Giles yeah. didn't look great for the Jays in that game. He's no. looked pretty mediocre since we got him i mean he mm-hmm. chucks gas but that's basically all he can do would you say we have lost this trade already it's too late, too late to say that uh especially since giles is the only major leaguer we got in that trade mm-hmm. we still have the two minor league players pitchers that we got back in that deal as well that trade's going to be a couple of years before we can say like, yeah, this team won, mm-hmm. and we don't know what's going to happen with Osuna's court case yet. It's still it's still ongoing. So I mean, there could be a, a, a outcome where he's not pitching in the big leagues in two years if if there's a, some sort of ramifications that come out of this that mm-hmm. allow him to or don't allow him to keep pitching. So it's 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 kind of a matter of time thing. Giles looked shaky in that game. He's looked decent a couple of other times. There is that weird stat we brought. We talked about it one morning in the office of him in non-save situations. Yeah. He's just abysmal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he's in save situations, he's locked. He's lights out, and yeah. he was lights out in one save situation this week, where he did get the save. So, in that two to one game that Stroman started. So there, there's there's some interesting stats there with Giles and save opportunities. So. Patrick, do you agree? Would you say uh, we haven't lost this trade yet? 
I would say point blank, no matter what Osuna does the rest of his career, we won the trade because we, we got rid of a player who is absolutely mired in legal problems. And it's just, it's, it's too much of a hassle to have to deal with that, especially in a young team trying to rebuild. I'm not saying that Osuna would have been a negative influence, but I guess I am kind of saying that without saying it. I'm I'm much happier that he is not on the team now because of what he seems to be continuously getting involved in off uh, the diamond. But that being said, I don't think Ken Giles is going to be our future uh, reliever. I think we have yet to find the the right closer to to fill in that gap. It might not be internal. We might end up having to get somebody. Uh, during the off season, because uh, Ken Giles just seems a little too high on the crazy meter. <laughs> Ken Giles is Juice Store in 2.0. Yeah, except he uh, throws harder. Than like Juice. the opposite of 2.0. Yeah. Like 2.0 usually means better. Oh, better. Yeah, I would I say you. Ken yeah. Giles is like Juice Store in, I guess, negative 2.0. Then version 1.1. At least Juice Store had like flashes where he was okay. Ken yeah. Giles again, he had that one. It's too early to tell. Let's just on, on leave Patrick's it at that. note there with the with the closer situation. To be honest, we're we're probably two or three years away from needing a good closer to because we're not going to be in the playoffs the next couple of years anyway. That's true. So we have some time to kind of sort out if there's anybody internally, and then two or three years down the line when we actually need somebody like a Craig Kimbrell or somebody like that of that caliber, we can mm-hmm. go out and buy them kind of thing. All right, let's talk about um, yep. House Child here because again, two point one <laughs> innings pitched. Um, he got his tits lit. I mean, let's yeah. let's just let's just tell it how it is here. He was, um, he was the real Mike House Child. <laughs> we called that um, on did, the pro- yeah. on the podcast last week. We're like, there's no way this guy can keep it up. Um, after seeing his really really good start and his really really bad start, what would you say is his future with the Jays, Patrick? Um, there isn't one. He's in Buffalo now. <laughs> he got lit up real bad. Mm. I know it's like it's Boston, and this Boston team is probably going to go down in history yeah. uh, unless they shit the bed in the playoffs. But um, maybe that's wishful thinking. I'm not sure. <laughs> Hoschild, I was, I, I got on the hype train real quick <laughs> when he had that great start, and I, I would say I was the first one off <laughs> as soon as this game, uh, that game there, the 10-5 loss, was like two innings in. I was like, I'm out. Well, there were some no. of us who, like, I think I don't think Clayton and I ever got on the train. No. <laughs> we were firmly on platform. Yeah, it was just kind of like, okay, this guy... Sayonara, Patrick. Yeah. Adrenaline really took over for that first start, I think. And yeah. he was like, okay, it's my first start, let's kill it. Yeah. And it's all downhill from there. Yeah, he's in Buffalo now. Um, I know. I don't want to talk about Joe Biagini again, so we're not gonna. But uh, Grichik, <laughs> Smoke, T. Oscar. Again, they all hit the ball hard that game. Well, yeah. T. Oscar hit it hard once because he struck out three times. But... It's got to be a good sign seeing Gritch and Smoke at least make contact with the ball. I know they're striking out a bunch, but the fact they're making contact is a good sign. But with T. Oscar and him not really making contact a bunch, do you think that is worrisome for the Jays, especially considering the fact that like he does look like a future DH out there? I, I have such a hard time evaluating our team this year because the lineup is just so weak. Outside of Smoke, uh, Teoscar, occasionally Kendris and and Randall Gritchuk, Devin Travis is probably our best other best power hitter. If yeah. you add in that category, and that's sad. Um, 
outside of Justin Smoke and, and Teoscar Hernandez, we don't really have like a, a guy who's just like, yeah, this guy hits for power. This would you power rather hitter. though? Here's a would you rather here. Um, would you rather have a DH who hits for great contact, or would you rather have a DH who strikes out a lot but hits dingers? Home runs all day. So that? you'd rather have a DH like that. See, I'm the yeah. opposite. I would rather have a DH that gets on base a lot and is a good contact hitter. I know. Obviously, you want both, a contact yeah. and power hitter, but I would want a guy who can hit for contact and occasionally pop a dinger when you need to. I don't think T. Oscar can be a DH if he's going to be yeah, getting the one, problem, two, three strikeouts a game. Yeah, the problem we have with our current DH in, in Kendris is that he's, just, he's not hitting enough home runs, Yeah, right? And I mean, and we, we complain about that all the time, and he's also striking out a ton. Mm-hmm. So at least with T. Oscar, you're getting, you're getting the home runs, and I think for him, once Kendris Morales' contract is gone after la- after next year, um, we might see some internal pressure in the outfield to move Teoscar to DH. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he sticks in the outfield and improves his defense over the next year and a half. Unlikely, in my opinion. Uh, but I do see him as a DH. And, I mean, this is his first full big league season. True. Very true. Uh, he's he's already set career highs in home runs and, I believe, RBIs. and well, Not that those really matter. Um, in terms of career high numbers, but he, he he's his power numbers are there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the strikeouts do they, they need to come down, and the walks need to come up. But I think if you have a Josh Donaldson in the lineup the whole season hitting near Tasker Hernandez, mm-hmm. just think of that year we had Donaldson, Bautista, and Edwin all hit like thirty plus home runs, yeah. driving a hundred each. Like that was a that was a great year because they had security in the lineup. Right now it's it's smoke, and Tasker kind of on their own island. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. <laughs> I think yeah. it should be if T. Oscar is going to keep striking out the way he is, his power need numbers need to come way up. Agreed. I don't care if he does if he hits like forty five home runs a year. Yeah. Then sure, strike out all you want, but at the same time, he's not going to be a kind of guy that's going to hit forty five home runs in a year. He's I never going to hit higher than two sixty. Exactly. Either. He might hit. He's going. He's probably a two fifty average yeah. hitter. So that's why I'd rather see him limit the strikeouts and hit for yeah. contact as opposed to go for forty five fifty home runs because mm. I just don't think he has that in him. I don't know. Do you think he has the 45 home run, 50 home run number in him, Patrick, or no? Um, do you guys remember that Stan Bush song, The Touch? You remember? Sure. You got the touch. You got the power. You, you guys remember that? Same That's what man. T. Oscar has. He's got the power. <laughs> the power. I want to see him come out, and I want to see him hit dingers. And I think he has it in him to hit probably 30s, high 30s. Yeah, uh, as far as number of home runs a season, and uh, honestly, he, he's not going to be any worse than Kendris Morales is right now for <laughs> us. So, I, I think this is more of a like Teoscar's trying to figure out what works for him at the plate. Right. He's going to strike out a lot. This is his first full year in the bigs. Just let him swing wild, and once we have a competent hitting coach, <laughs> uh, we'll be able to kind of finesse the uh, the swinger die mentality. Every week I wait for Patrick to say either competent pitching or hitting coach. It happens almost every podcast, and I always wait for it. It's great. <laughs> almost every podcast, it does happen. <laughs> and, and I think that's a that's a topic for for maybe a future show. We could talk about whether or not any of the coaching staff will be back next year. Spoiler alert: They will not. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the feel good win we got against them uh, last hey. game of the series, eight to five. Again, T. Oscar Grichik. Travis Smoke, they all had really, really good games, but they all had a real good series, and we've been talking about them a, mu- a bunch. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, again, we talked about uh, Smoke's contract, but let's talk about Ryan Barucki here because he didn't look great against the Sox. But who does? But it's the Red Sox. That's the thing. Like, no one looks good about them. He still got the win, though. He did. How do you think Ryan Barucki is feeling after pitching, like, three awesome games and not picking up the win, and then in his worst start, he yeah. gets the win? Do you think he's kind of like ticked off about that or no? Um, I don't think <laughs> so. He's, he's probably happy that the offense showed up and helped yeah. him out. Mm-hmm. Um, I would it, be mad yeah. if I was that pitcher, though. Like, really? Like, that's the game I got my first See? major league win on? Uh, his really? First, his, wasn't his first win against Seattle? Like, what, it was. He, he, he this was it? number two. He's right. two and two now. Never mind. You guys are so, right. Well, for even for a second win. Yeah, uh, but I mean, this is why I hate the win-loss stat. Because, I mean, you, you can pitch you can pitch not... Say you're a guy who gives up seven runs, but your team wins 10-7. to seven. You get mm-hmm. the win, but does that win really feel like you won? Not really. That's true. It's a it's an it's an outdated stat for old white men who don't know anything about metrics. We're old white men. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm 25. You guys can speak for yourself. <laughs> I'm the young buck in the crew. Uh, the bullpen looked okay. <laughs> Do we want to talk about the bullpen and their one good performance ever this year? Yay, bullpen! You did something. Good for Moving you guys. On. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Tampa series here. Um, just uh, really quick off the bat, Patrick, what did you think about us? Um, in that series against Tampa Bay because, I mean, we had the blowout loss. We had a couple close games. What did you think of the Jays overall in this series? The bats just completely evaporated. There was nobody hitting (laughs) during that series. I don't know if that means that Tampa is just that good pitching or it's just all that energy that was exerted during the Boston series. Because remember, we lost games 10 to 7, yeah. 10 to 5, and then we got an 8 to 5 win. We were smacking the crap out of the ball in that series, and then it all just kind of dried up. We had nothing to show for it. And then Blake Snell happened, and well, we took a 2 1 series loss to Tampa. And by the way, guys, I can't believe you just no sold my Stan Bush reference. Come on. <laughs> I don't, I don't, it's, it's, that's, that's before my time, Patrick. <laughs> Clayton, are you a child of the 80s as well? No. Is Stan Bush Dave Bush's dad or something like that? <laughs> like... No, that was that was a song that was featured on uh, the 1986 Transformers cartoon movie. How, like, I am I really showing my age you here? Are, like, Patrick. I'm not that old. I mean, keep digging your hole, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, by all we'll means. We'll sit here in silence and let you go off on all of these obscure 80s references. What is 1986? Uh. Do you yeah. want to talk about 16 Candles for a bit here, too? Or? Oh, man, I could talk about John Hughes all day, but yeah, I, I'd rather just move see, on. Uh, Let's talk can about we talk about Blake Snell for a minute? Oh, Blake Snell, yeah. And so, he, Blake Snell either is, way, it's actually a good pitcher for once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think Blake Snell, was, it might have been his second uh, start back from off the DL. He was on a pitch count. He, he, had a, he was throwing a perfect game through five innings, and they had to pull him because of pitch count. I think that's a good call for Tampa because he's literally all they have left. Yeah, you can't, you can't risk a perfect game. Even like, it's crazy. I, I know. I, I'm just saying, like, it's crazy that hey, it's like this guy just came back off the DL and he's mm-hmm. throwing a, a a perfect game through yeah, five against good. a team who just put up like 20 runs in the mm-hmm. series. I don't know if our guys maybe thought they were playing at the trough this series and they decided not to show up like they always do in Tampa. I think that must have been the case because even though our bats were really bad, our pitching that first game wasn't great either. The pitching wasn't bad the rest of the series. Yeah, the first game, Estrada had a terrible outing. I think that's it for him, hey? Yeah. Any uh, hope of him having like maybe uh, a trade, <laughs> a good second half, or maybe a trade or something yeah, like that? I think that. that's gone. I think that's gone. I mean, I don't. Do you put Marco out there at you, all for you, the end of the year? You'll pass him through. Oh, we, we'll keep pitching him because we have. We just need somebody to need some innings for mm-hmm. us, and he can throw five, six innings and just get hit around. And 
we don't really care at this point. We're not bringing them back. Um, oh God, I just can't believe we lost on the bullpen day. I hate losing the team to these bullpen days. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, our team is an absolute gar- garbage fire right yeah, now. Yeah, we can so. talk about Gaviglio in that game too. He's yeah. he's not doing anything in the rotation ever. Yeah. No, this is it. That's probably this is it for Estrada. I don't think he comes back as a starter anywhere in the league unless somebody like. I don't know, San Diego is Cincinnati. like desperate for an innings eater <laughs> next year or something like that. Um, that's not me throwing shade at San Diego. They're bad, but, you know, if he's going to pitch somewhere next year, it's going to be somewhere bad. San Diego. Somewhere, that is like, somewhere yeah, small like market. San Diego. <laughs> yeah. And that's where careers go to die. Yeah. Like San Diego. San Diego. Look up Josh Donson right there. <laughs> um, again, the bats just, they weren't there, but on the plus side, Russell Martin. He did get to 201 on the year. For a brief day. Good for him. One I day, mean, yes, he did hey, it. he still made it, okay? And we said we would celebrate if he ever got Should back to 200. So, hey, let's do a slow clap for us. Good for, good for you, bud. <laughs> you did it. He did it for a day. Proud of you. Uh, Stroman in that uh, 2 1 win for the Jays. Mm-hmm. Again, five innings pitched, five hits, one earned run, two strikeouts. Uh, the strikeouts weren't really there for him, but the blister again, they yeah. weren't hitting the ball hard on Stroman. And earlier in the year, Ground he ball. Was getting ripped like he was. Yeah, man, were people hitting him hard? I mean, he may have been getting outs early on, Mm -hmm. but they were taking him deep. It seems like he's kind of figured out to keep the ball lower now. It seemed like early in the year, Stroman was either keeping the ball on the ground or letting the ball leave the park, and now he's been more so keeping the ball on the ground. Mm -hmm. Like it's since he's been back off the DL, his his ground ball percentage hasn't changed because it was still high before, but everything else that he gives up is softer. Uh, loopers and mm-hmm. lazy fly balls now um so i mean great sign moving forward hopefully this blister thing like just screws off because i don't want to lose another pitcher to a blister because that sanchez thing last season was just a nightmare last season and this season yeah. um well, it's let's... Not even a blister anymore yeah. uh, he's pitching i believe it's tonight for dunedin great so yeah he'll be back two weeks probably he'll probably make two or three rehab starts he might do one in dunedin maybe move up to a double A or triple A to make another start, and then we'll see him back before the end of the month. So at least we'll see a month of Sanchez. Please God, a month of Sanchez. Our resident Marcus Stroman hater, um, Patrick Marsh. <laughs> what do you think? Um, two good starts from Stroman this week. Is that enough for you to get off your uh, hate bandwagon for him? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the frustration that I have with Stroman is the stuff that he says on social media and since i stopped following him on social media i feel a little bit better about it is your life happy i don't have now? that like what's that <laughs> is your life happier now <laughs> it is yeah, yeah and i mean since the he thing started is to like unfollow him he started to play better yeah coincidence yeah, exactly i think unfollow actually, everyone I on instagram right now <laughs> oh man i i don't want to i don't want to look at his social media stuff because it's just gonna make me mad but like the minute i stopped w- watching and reading all that crap <laughs> he started pitching better. Like, what was he? He was 0-7, and, and now what is he? Like, 5-8? and eight? Something like that, I yeah. So. Something like that. Like, <laughs> holy crap. He's definitely bounced back in a big way. And I could see, like, maybe uh, the uh, Shapiro and Atkins might consider moving him. He's 4-8, and eight, by the way. No. Um, I, it, not that it matters, but like I could see him like he's recouped some of his value if they wanted to go in that direction. I hope to God they don't because this team is just as desperate for young, talented pitchers as it ever has been. Right. So I'm back on the Stroman bandwagon. I'm not going to be tooting the horn very hard, but 
Um, he's definitely done more this year than I feel like Sanchez has done, although I still like him more. I still love me some AA Ron. Obviously, Marcus Stroman listens to the podcast and it lit a fire under him. So, yeah, hey, Marcus, how's it going, buddy? Send me a shirt, man. Appreciate it. Um, let's <laughs> talk about the uh, big debuts from Danny Jansen and oh, Sean yeah. Reed Foley. Even though the Jays lost, man, I was so excited for this. I don't think anyone cared that the Jays lost this game because Danny Jansen looked great at the plate. Uh, Sean Reed Foley, he did allow six hits. And three walks, but it was his first start. And yeah. when you throw in the factor that it is his first start, he looked pretty good. Looked like he belonged on the man out there. Uh, Danny Jansen yeah. also defensively looked really, really good. I thought there would be a little bit of a a downgrade from Russell Martin behind the plate to Danny Jansen behind the plate because Russell Martin's such a vet and he knows all the pitchers. Yeah. But then I realized he's catching for Sean Reed Foley, who he's been catching for, I mean, the past couple of years couple now, of years. working in the minors. Yeah. Um, Patrick, what did you think of uh, Jansen and Reed Foley's um, debuts, if you will? Danny Jansen, that was one of my favorite debuts I've ever seen mm-hmm. of, a, uh, of a Jay. Before I tuned out, which was after Foley got the, the yank, um, he was all. He already had a hit, and I watched him gun down that guy from second. It was just. It was a thing of beauty. It was like watching, like a young Russell Martin, you know, descend from the heavens and land on the diamond <laughs> and just say, goggles. "I'm going to yeah. start throwing people out." <laughs> it was just great. Yeah. Um, Sean Reed Foley. I to be honest with you guys, I'm. I might be a little too critical here. I was kind of disappointed because watching those first two innings, he had like five or six fly balls that that made it to the warning track and that's kind of a bad sign in Kaufman because that's not really a hitter's part mm-hmm. if that had happened at home I feel like it would have been like 10 or 11 to one <laughs> by the fifth or sixth yeah, inning and that point. was kind of scary yeah but he didn't look too much out of place he definitely did some smart stuff. Uh, he induced a pop-up while the bases were loaded uh, in the infield, and then he managed to get the double play. So he pitched for like a light contact, and uh, the defense saved his ass. But he he did a couple smart things out there, and it was kind of cool to see uh, Daddy Martin over at third kind of come over <laughs> anytime he was in trouble and just kind of talk him down a little bit. That's, Justin, your yeah. boy, Sean Reed Foley. Uh, I was so pumped. I had to umpire a doubleheader last night, so I, I didn't get to watch any of it. I listened to a bit on the radio between games, and Patrick kept me updated on uh, what my boy SRF did. I was I was pretty excited. I, the cool stat here that we saw on Twitter yesterday was that it was the first American League battery to debut together since 1967, so pretty cool. It had been hmm. uh, 51 years since a pitcher and catcher had made the, their debuts on the same day. Um, that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm hoping we get to watch the, the game tonight without rain because uh, Baraki's pitching and yeah. and Jansen's going to catch. Um, so two best friends that anyone could have mm. going to be uh, <laughs> playing together. <laughs> I screwed up on my morning show today. Oh, I came I in. That, I was uh, livid. <laughs> I said that uh, Sean Reed Foley and Danny Jansen are best friends when really it's uh, Baraki and Sean Reed Foley, correct? Yeah. Well, because it's 345 <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> Um, I'm scrolling through Twitter and I see like this, that's like one image. of those like yeah. like images where it quotes yeah. and then like, oh, I thought that's 
like Reed Foley and Jansen because yeah. they're being called up together today. It's like, oh, okay, no, it was Barucky and them. Mm-hmm. It's three thirty in the morning. Give me a yeah. I know. I came break. into the station this morning, and the first thing I did was open that studio door mm-hmm. and say, "Clayton, you messed up." <laughs> hey, you know what? Maybe they are best friends. You know, they're, they're, no. I'm sure they are good friends. Maybe Dan. Oh, they're all very tight. I think. Best friends. Maybe Sean Reed Foley and Ryan is just lying to Ryan Barucky and just saying like, "Oh, I'm just being best friends for you because you have a pool in your backyard or whatever." You know, like, you never know. Um, let's give Justin some credit here because he called uh, two wins for the Jays this week. So, yeah, you know, you. congratulations, you. Justin. Let's hear some uh, predictions for this week, though. We got three more at KC. <sighs> then we're taking on the Yankees. Uh, six games. How do you guys think we're going to do? Oh, boy. Um, we're going to win. We're going to win the game that Baraki pitches, whether or not it's tonight or it's a doubleheader at some point in this series. Uh, God, Stroman's going to pitch against the Yankees in New York. Which he loves. We're gonna win that game. If if Luis Severino starts the game for the Yankees, we're going to win because he has been terrible lately. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna say we're gonna win half these six, half these six games. We'll go, go three, three and three. three. Yeah. All right, Patrick. No, um, I'm gonna say that we're gonna do even better. Um, I think uh, Show Rucky is gonna get us a win for sure. Uh, whether the game is played today or tomorrow, <laughs> uh, either way, Borucky will be a win. Lock it in. Uh, I'm going to say we do get the win against Stroman, but I say we sweep the Yankees just because I hate the Yankees and I want to talk mad shit about them. So I'm going to say we're going to get a win off of Kansas City tonight if the game happens. If not, we'll get it tomorrow um, (laughs) off a Barucky start, and then we're going to sweep the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. Something for us to brag about next week. Man, I hope you are right, good sir. You're not, though. We're going 1-5 this week. We'll get a pity win against Ooh, Kansas so City. I'm looking ahead right now. Yeah. The, that third game against the Yankees, Brucky versus Jay Happ. Ooh, that should be a fun one to watch. 11-05 on Sunday. I just don't think we're going to beat the Yankees at all this week. <laughs> the Yankees are just like the Sox. They're extremely good. They're a lot better than us. And plus, again, we're going with the youth movement now. Yep. The youth movement versus a team like the Yankees. Yeah, that's going to be a big eye-opener it's for, be fun. for a bunch of players on that team. Uh, that was the week that was. That was a look ahead at the week that's going to be. Uh, let's get to the roundtable, shall we? Um, today we're talking about players from other teams that we love and hate. Because if we talk about players that we love and hate from the Jays, we'll be here for the next three hours, especially on the hate list. Oh, man, the hate oh, list. I was so ready to just rip Josh Towers a new one. But it's it's for other teams, though. Um, I looked ahead at your guys' list, and I'm not going to lie. Uh, your guys' hate lists are very, very good. Um, we're going to start with Patrick, though. Patrick, <laughs> uh, your love list, whenever you're ready. Yeah, so... Uh... How about this time, like when we're doing this, like uh, we'll do each one one by one and yeah. then we'll just be like yay or nay as far as how we yeah, feel about them. What do you guys think? I like it. Love it. Okay. We'll start off with uh, Frank Thomas. For me, I loved watching the Big Hurt Bat. He was just so powerful and dominant. I had a book when I was a kid. Uh, it was just this little crappy thing you'd get at those like scholastic book fairs. And I think it was two halves. One was Greg Maddox, and the other was Frank Thomas. Uh, and I read them like a hundred times. I just couldn't get enough of Frank Thomas, and I always wanted him to play in Toronto. Unfortunately, when he did make it to the Jays, he just was not no. great. He was old. Uh, but he had a hell of a long career. For sure, he lasted uh, uh, close to twenty years, and. He was very committed to keeping baseball drug-free. I think mm-hmm. he was the only player who was willing to be interviewed for the Mitchell Report. 
think you're uh, right, and that did a lot for me as far as making him like a fan favorite. He hit 521 home runs and zero PEDs. That's loved good. him. That's great. Yeah. Uh, that's a big yay for me. I love the big hurt. Huge yay. I a remember him for the White Sox. He was just, first of all, he's a monster. His oh, yeah. traps were the size of my face. Like, he was such an intimidating figure when he went to the plate. And when he hit a bomb, you knew it was gone. And that's what I love most about baseball. Those players, Jose Batista's one, Edwin's one, where you know they hit a home run. Some yeah. guys are like, is that a deep fly ball or is that a home run? With Frank Thomas, it. you knew if it was a home run you or put not. put a big hurt in that ball. Yeah. That's for damn sure. Yeah. All right, Patrick. You guys next. remember, uh, well, you're probably too young to remember this, but 93 and 94, he won back-to-back MVPs. In 94, he batted 353. Wow. This guy, he was a he was a he was a beast. Friggin machine. Yeah, he was great. Uh, another guy that's on my list is pretty much an automatic on everybody's <laughs> list ever. And that's Ken Griffey Jr. Even though he was marketed to the extreme by MLB, Griffey was another drug free guy who was also a big bopper who was super popular. I've never seen a guy who had the, a more perfect swing at oh. the plate mm-hmm. than Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, I could watch his beautiful. I could watch videos of his swing all day. It was just so smooth. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was so crisp and just. I can just remember, like, so many of his bombs looked mm-hmm. the exact same. Where it was just this perfect, like, swing, a little bit of like an uppercut yeah. to it, and he would just crank the ball out. And he, he was never one of those guys. He wasn't Frank Thomas, who was like built to pick up cement trucks. He was, <laughs> you know, kind of kind of slender, but he had such a perfect swing and just yeah. great eyes and great hands he could do it all he was great in the outfield mm-hmm. i didn't know this but when he turned 18 years old he actually tried to end his life because of all the pressure from baseball scouts and yeah. coaches and then he had a lot of pressure at home because his dad was obviously an mlb he, well, he, superstar he his dad. <laughs> uh, and, and he actually stated that after that happened uh, that it brought him and his father a lot closer together. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a really cool story. I have probably remembered and forgotten that story a million times, yeah. but I think it's kind of a cool story for fans uh, who don't know that Ken Griffey Jr. dealt with those types of issues mm-hmm. the same way anybody else could. Exactly. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, that's a big yay for me, especially when Griffey hit low balls. Like oh, yeah. when he when the ball was down in the zone, it wasn't a strike. That's when Griffey loved it the most because his swing was just built for low pitches. Yeah, he had that kind of like that Vladimir Guerrero-esque mm-hmm. uppercut. <laughs> just hit anything. All right, two yays. Let's yeah. uh, see if we can go three for three here, bud. All right, so uh, from the, my third love on the list, I kind of cheated a little bit. Um, it's kind of like a four-way uh, between mm. Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, and I even threw in Kevin Millwood because... I don't know. He's kind of like the Ringo of, of the Atlanta Braves <laughs> rotation back then. Those guys were so dominant. I loved watching them. Uh, Tom Glavin uh, will always be special to me because he was a lefty. And when I was like 10 or 11, I wore an Atlanta Braves hat. I know, traitor, um, because I love Tom Glavin. I wanted to pitch like Tom Glavin. I wanted to throw tons of junk balls and get people to strike out on stupid pitches Uh, i would always pretend that i was him on the mound and uh, i just remember all those guys they won like what eight nine cy youngs in a row something crazy yeah between or something something like that it was just ridiculous they were so good i didn't know we can go with four extra players but that's okay i guess we'll count it patrick's going what i guess uh 
six for three. <laughs> yeah, that's that's cool, man. All Just right, break Patrick, the rules. That's, that's awesome. Fine. Yeah, no, that's Whatever. fine. Um, let's go with uh, again. You went three for three. I agree. That um, that Braves rotation. The only thing that really rivals it was the A's rotation uh, in the mid two thousands with Zito. Mulder, oh, Rich Harden yeah. was the Ringo of that group, yeah. and it's like Rich Harden was chucking man, gas. When back Barry then Zito too. was good, he was he was lights out. He was very lights out. Tim Hudson too was just oh, yeah. like you, you forget about yep. Tim Hudson in that because I mean with Zito and Mulder, and you could argue that Hudson had a better career than Mulder after mm. that, but Mark Mulder at that time, my God, was he lights out. Um, it is time for Justin's love list. Oh, I gotta start with my my ultimate ultimate crush, Mike Trout. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he's the best player in baseball right now and, and maybe the best player that I've seen in my lifetime hmm. in terms of just like complete skill um, he's put up Hall of Fame numbers every year he's, he's, he's honestly gotten better every single season and for a guy who's just turned 26 this year to still be getting better is crazy he hasn't peaked yet mm-hmm. which is something like we haven't seen Mike Trout have a down year we saw him have an injury a couple seasons ago but I mean he came right back and was even better than ever before uh and he's a good guy i think that's the most important thing is we see him he's he always he likes to play catch with like a young fan before the game in the stands kind of thing he likes to do that kind of thing and that and that's the kind of um trait that really helps baseball like be endeared to fans it's like guys guys are willing to spend time with the fans we see we've seen stroman a couple times recently on videos take young fans like into the clubhouse and stuff like that that's pretty cool so i have a lot of respect for guys who do that another guy on my list Oh, I guess you're just give, you're gonna give me a yay for Mike Trout. Like, let's be honest, Mike Trout's just a likable guy. Well, I don't know. Come on, guys. Clayton. Well, I don't know. If that's a yay. I mean, has he really proved himself? I don't know. Yeah, of course. I went with like Patrick did a lot of uh guys who aren't playing anymore. Um, whereas I'm, I'm all my all three of mine are current, which I, I don't know. It's just kind of how I felt. Uh, Jose Altuve is my second guy. Um, yeah, he signed as a 16 year old. He's he's five foot six. He's the shortest active player in baseball right now. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of, of Marty St. Louis in, in, from the, from the NHL. Just yeah. that short guy who people yep. people's like, no, he can't do it. And as a six foot five guy, like I've always had height in every every sport I've ever played, and it's, it seems an advantage. But Altuve's turned his uh, lack of an advantage into something incredible. So the the, the day he showed up. He's from Venezuela, so he signed as the international free agent. Mm. The day he showed up at the Houston Astros like tryout camp, they sent him home because they didn't believe he was he was actually 16. So the next, he, and he wasn't going to go back. But his dad's his dad basically forced him to go back. He brought his birth certificate, and one of the one of the coaches for the Astros said, "Well, can you play?" And he said, "Let me show you." And he showed them, and they they signed him to like a fifteen thousand dollar contract mm. as a 16 year old out of Venezuela. And look at him now. He's been a six-time All-Star. He's a World Series champion, an MVP. He's won, I think, three or four gold gloves. He's won a couple of Hank Aaron awards as the best batter as voted by the players. Like, the dude is is incredible. He's a spark plug. And, and guys, like, when when Justin Verlander went was traded to Houston, he said that Altuve was one of the first guys who called him to, like, welcome him to the team. Like, he's he, people want to go play in Houston because of Jose Altuve. Mm-hmm. And for a guy who... Almost didn't show up for the second day of camp as a 16-year-old. That's pretty cool. Um, what do you guys think about that one? Sure. Yes. I mean, <laughs> obviously, six-time All-Star. Yeah. He's great. And I a would good say guy. And then I'm going with, with my, my boy, the deserved NL Cy Young winner this season, Jacob deGrom, playing on an absolute dumpster fire of a team in, with the Mets. He's, he's more of a wasted talent than Mike Trout is this season, and that's well, and that's saying something. Yeah. Because the Mets are bad. The, the Mets, Mets are, are very, worse than very, Anaheim. very bad. Yeah. 
they have Jose Bautista in the outfield. They're really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's just say that. So right now he, he's 7-7 seven and seven in the old win-loss record. So everyone's like, oh, he doesn't even have 10 wins yet. But he has a 1.81 ERA. Yeah. He's he's on pace to post like the first sub two ERA in, in like the last twenty years or something like that. Um, and he's striking out a ton of people. Doesn't walk anybody. I want him to get traded so bad just so he can get the hell out of there. Like he doesn't deserve what what he's what he's going through right Trade now. Trade him to us. We'll take him. Well, we'll have to give up everything for him though. That's which is fine. the problem. I don't want to give up what we have. We've got. We don't. We don't necessarily need Jacob Degrom now. He's thirty years old too. Little known fact. He's already thirty. Yeah. Seems like he just got into the league. He's only been in the league for I think this is his fourth full season. He huh. was he was a late developer. Yeah, that's true. Um, he was drafted in 2010, so I mean it took him four years to get to the show, mm-hmm. which is fair. But he was dra- like he he was drafted at 22, so he was a late draft because he stayed hmm. he stayed in college. All right, you get three A's yeah. there because Jacob Degrom. Are you going to disagree with any of those, Patrick, or no? No, no, those are three great choices, and mm-hmm. I like the fact that your list has all all guys who are currently playing. Mm-hmm. While mine had all guys that are, you know, long since retired. Jacob DeGrom might be the best player out of these three in the long term. I I, I do like Mike Trout a lot, and I think he already has a Hall of Fame career. But Jacob DeGrom is doing something right now that, like you said, no pitcher has done in like 20 years. That's pretty incredible. I went uh, Patrick Trout, and I took uh, three guys that are no longer playing. And mine isn't like guys who I have emotionally attached to right. or have an emotional attachment to, it's more for watching. Right, sure. These are guys that I love to watch, and those are the guys that I love the most. Uh, number one, Randy Johnson. I loved watching the big unit pitch. It's kind of like Chris Sale now, yeah, but better. I don't know why, lefty. but yeah. Chris Sale bugs me. He's so lanky. He was close to being on my hate list because I just, ever since he ripped up the uniforms and oh, he just yeah. thinks he's better than everyone else. Yeah. That's the thing about Chris Sale. He just thinks that he's better than everyone. Randy Johnson... I mean, he knows he's good, but he doesn't seem like one of those guys who would be a bad guy in the clubhouse. Yeah. Like, you could go for a couple beers with Randy Johnson. He killed a bird. A good time. Again, he killed that bird. That's, such a, that's an all-time clip. He was on the um, he was on the Simpsons once, yeah. selling the big left-handed bears, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Like, he seems like such a good guy, and I know I just said that it's not about emotional attachment, but maybe a little bit. <laughs> I just loved watching him pitch for the Diamondbacks back in the day, like... Man, did that guy absolutely chuck it. And, like, it yeah. wasn't even close. And nowadays with batters, uh, they can sometimes figure Chris Sale out. But back in the day when they didn't have the video technology and stuff no, like that, yeah. batters were just clueless up there. Uh, speaking of batters being clueless, uh, number two on my list, Pedro whoa, Martinez. Whoa, 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 Are we going to give him two yays? I'm gonna give if him you guys yay. don't yay Randy Johnson, I'll be mad. I know Patrick has some strong feelings about the Diamondbacks. I have very strong negative opinions about the Diamondbacks, but Randy Johnson is the the light in the dark. Mm-hmm. Like for me, <laughs> I could talk about the big unit in Seattle for like twenty five podcasts in a row and not get tired of talking about him. Mm-hmm. He's just a strikeout machine. Um, I never got to see Nolan Ryan play, but I imagine people have similar feelings about Nolan Ryan the same way that you know our generation does about. Randy Johnson. Probably fair. He was just he was just spectacular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like just his pit he was so overpowering. That's the best way to describe him. Cool. Well two yays, I guess. Number two on my list, yeah. kind of the same way, Pedro Martinez. Um I had never seen a pitcher dominate like Pedro Martinez 
since Randy Johnson. Right. And Pedro didn't have the frame that Randy Johnson had. He didn't have the no. sidearm delivery. didn't have the heat. Well, he did have the heat yeah, the because, heat. Yeah. man, Pedro's stuff was filthy. And Electric. the thing I loved about Pedro is the bigger the game, the better he played. Yeah. Like those Red Sox days... Man, did he have some good starts for them. Like, in the clutch, must-win games. Mm-hmm. Pedro Martinez came to play um, the Don Zimmer thing, of course. That was really, really funny because I hated Don Zimmer so much. Oh, he's such so a marshmallow. Fat white guy. Yeah. And you guys might not remember this, but I watched the show Popular Mechanics for Kids back in the day. Uh, Jay yep. Baruchel got his start oh, yeah, 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 on yeah, yeah. PMK with Alicia Cuthbert. They would talk oh, about science Alicia stuff. Cuthbert. And Jay Baruchel went to... The Expos training camp, I believe, or maybe it was during the season. I can't remember. But he and Pedro Martinez had this little bit together. It was Jay Baruchel and Pedro Martinez. It was like his rookie year. He uh, went to the trainer room and showed how how he stretched and put like A535 on his arm and stuff like that. And Pedro was such a boss during the whole time. Could barely speak English at the time, but like whatever. I just like the fact that Pedro Martinez was such a boss. And again, I remember watching him on that TV episode of PMK where I was like, man, this guy, yeah. this guy's going to be good. And that's when he was pitching for the Expos when no one really knew who he was. Right. Goes to Boston and then, I mean, the rest is history after How that. about a little uh, side shout out to the the Expos for bringing up all these young uh, Dominican kids yeah. with Bartolo, Vladdy, and Pedro. Like Moises Alou. Moises Alou. They got a great history of, yeah. a, that franchise had a great history of bringing those guys up. Mm-hmm. So kudos to them. Pedro, yay, nay. Um. Yay from the perspective that you said, nay from the perspective of watching him kill the Jays. He did kill the Jays, <laughs> I know, but 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 I'm gonna give him a yay. Those anyway, were the days regardless. where everyone was killing the Jays, yeah, so it didn't yeah, really that's matter. That's true. Yeah, yeah, good point. He was one of the best pitchers ever in yeah. baseball. Like I'm, I'm not even over exaggerating. Every pitch that he had was like filthy. I don't, you know how like they grade pitchers on yeah. having all oh, they had they're like a two pitch pitcher pedro martinez had a great fastball a great curveball a great cutter uh and a great circle changeup. maybe one of the best ever the guy had immaculate control he could do whatever he wanted with that ball mm-hmm. uh and when he had his fastball rolling oh my god he was just he was unstoppable. He was yeah. kind of like the Aaron Rodgers of Major League Baseball. His arm was a toy. He can put the ball wherever he wanted. Yeah. He's just pinpoint yep. accuracy, and he had absolute heat. Yeah. Uh, last on my list, and we don't need to go too deep into this one, uh, Vladdy. Oh, yeah. I loved watching Vladdy for the Expos because I I loved the Jays growing up. I always Vladdy watched the Jays. Man. But I remember watching the Expos on the score once in a while, too. Yeah. And when they would have 3,000 people at the Big O or whatever, (laughs) and I just felt so bad for the score because, I mean, Sportsnet and TSN and CBC had the Jays and the score, which I think was headline sports at that time or something like that. They had the Expos. And I almost gave them pity watches because I was like, oh, man, like I feel bad. And you know, for you you knew that most of the watchers watching the Expos game were watching RDS. Exactly. In the French, right? And I watched and I started to watch Vladdy and just like his style. No one had Vladdy style, his just like 75-year-old knees and his hose of an arm in the yeah. outfield that didn't that caught everyone off guard. And the fact he could hit a home run on any pitch. Yeah. I, Vladdy, if you guys, again, Vladdy if you, if you don't yay that, that, I'll be really mad. So. <laughs> love it. Yeah, that's a big yay. Wasn't, uh, weren't Vladdy and Pedro teammates? Yeah, yes. they were. Uh, yeah, they were. Uh, very, very briefly. When mm-hmm. he came up to. With uh, Dustin Hermanson. Yeah. God, was he so, bad. Oh, that, man. That is, if, you, if you watch that, uh. That little documentary that Sportsnet did on 
on Junior, the mm-hmm. namesake. They did. They touched on how uh, when Vladdy came up to Montreal, uh, Pedro kind of felt like he because he because Vladdy lived with his mom, his family in the Dominican. He, so Pedro kind of like took Vladdy in, and then later on his mom came up mm-hmm. to, to live with him, and they made took the team food and all this stuff like that. So it was pretty cool to see how how Pedro right away kind of was like, yeah, I can take this kid in. And then they yeah. did that. So that's pretty cool too. Yeah. All right, let's get to the hate list here. Uh, Patrick, um, <laughs> you bat lead off here. Yeah. And I got to say, your hate list, it's its going to cause a discussion here. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whenever you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, one more thing before we uh, stop talking about the Expos, probably forever, sadly. Oh. Uh, in Pedro Martinez's last season with the Expos, he had a 1.90 ERA. So Beautiful. this goes back to what we were talking about with Jacob with DeGrom. Jake. It was like a sub-2 ERA. Yeah. Pedro did it 21 years ago. So there you wow. go. Uh, yeah, this hate list did not take long for me to write. I think I wrote it in about two minutes. Yeah, it was up to three um, this morning. Yeah, it was It was very easy. Uh, there In no particular order, uh, Derek Jeter was just a Jays killer, and he always struck me as this really, like, he just seems so smug. I just didn't like Derek Jeter. I acknowledge he was great uh, on the field, but I was really jealous of the fact that we had a shortstop that was that dominant on the field. Um, but still, he also dated Madonna, I think, so... Yeah, he did. He dated everyone yeah. in New York. He did so many supermodels yeah. and, and actresses yeah. and singers, and oh my god, yeah. Yeah, uh, I just don't like Derek Jeter. I don't want to ever have to praise Derek Jeter again in my life. Um, he, Yeah, he was a Jays killer, man. I just remember watching all those games against the Yankees when he was still playing, and it was just like, oh, my God, we're probably going to lose because of Derek Jeter. I'm going to have to nay you on this one because Derek Jeter, his highlight tape, like his cool highlights, not just like crazy diving catches and jumping in the air throws. That one where he dove into the f- into the stands. That's cool. That's unreal. The play in Oakland where he ran to cut it off. Yeah. I mean that See, that won them <laughs> that won them the series right there. You know, I have mad respect for Derek Jeter. Again, he is a Jays killer. Yeah. But have you seen the um, top 100 NFL players of all time? How Derek Jeter does the intro for Tom Brady. No, and I haven't seen they that. made Derek Jeter do it because, like, when you think of a champion in baseball, you think of Derek Jeter. When Fair you enough. think of a champion in football, you think of Tom Brady. I can't hate a guy who, again, no real off-the-field controversy for him. No. Other than giving girls that he had sex with a uh, goodie bag afterwards. Have you guys heard that <laughs> yeah, story? Heard that story. Yeah, that's that's a crazy oh my story. God, that's Boss funny. move. Yeah. Boss move. Thanks for coming out. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Here's a goodie bag. Here's a sign ball. Apparently, he would give them a signed Derek Jeter ball. Yeah, like, that's pretty cool. I mean, pretty cool, pretty greasy at the same time. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I just, I no, always had a soft spot for Derek Jeter just because, like, again, he played for the Yankees. I hated the Yankees. But man, there's something so, about Derek Jeter. <sighs> I, I'm not going to get too deep into my Derek Jeter feelings, but he wasn't a great defensive shortstop. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. <laughs> Just statistically. I'm not going to start debating He with made you. some in – his, in, his, in his younger years, he did make – like that, that Oakland play mm-hmm. in, the, in the playoffs is one of the cooler plays. And that's just – that's a hustle play. Like, yeah. Like, that's just a good base – that's a baseball IQ play. Mm. Derek Jeter might not have been the best defensive player, but he had the some of the best baseball IQ ever. He got himself in the right spot to make yeah. plays. He's just such a baseball guy. Yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, I, can, I respect the guy a lot for um, getting drafted by a team and sticking with him for his whole career. That's pretty cool. Like, I, I respect guys who do that, um, have that loyalty. To be fair, it's pretty easy to stay with the Yankees when yeah. when they're paying you that much and winning so many World Series as they did 
And I mean, you had guys like Posada and Rivera and Pettit around you and Clemens growing in, in those years. Like it was pretty, pretty easy to Bernie stay. Williams Bernie center, Williams. Yeah. It was pretty easy for him to not leave. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, but I, I'll give you a yay because I think Derek Jeter's a total boss. His wife is a smoke show, so we'll give him that. All right, number what? two, Patrick. That's a that's a lame reason to give him. Hey, a I, I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a petty man. What can I say? <laughs> Jesus. All right, number two on this list is Big Poppy David Ortiz, probably one of the most overrated players ever. Mm. I know, like all I can feel all of Boston starting to march towards Halifax <laughs> to burn it to the ground. Big Poppy, come on. His numbers are a bit inflated from playing in Boston. Uh, if he had played in a hitter's park, he would have been Kendris Morales at best. And um, he had zero ability on the diamond to yeah. do anything. He was just a DH. Yeah. It goes back to that, that discussion we had a couple weeks ago about dude like Edgar Martinez getting into the Hall of Fame. Does he deserve to as a DH kind mm-hmm. of thing? Yeah. <laughs> but Edgar doesn't have like the moments that David Ortiz has. Yeah. And you guys are right. Again, his ability, subpar at best, especially on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hitting-wise, again, basically just hit for power. Could not hit opposite field if his life depended on it. But the fact that he had all that going against against him and he still had all of these clutch moments. Yeah. I love guys like that who are pretty mediocre but have these moments where they are just heroes. I kind of like that. I don't know why. I have a soft spot for Poppy. Why else do you hate him, Patrick? That's it, man. That's it. I just, well, I mean, he played for Boston and yeah. he pounded the crap out of the Jays for, yes, he did. you know, the better part of two decades. Even but when I he mean, was with the Twins, too, yeah. he pounded the Jays. So if I agree with you here on the hate list, do I give him a nay? Is that the thing we're doing? I, I, no, it's a, a yay to the agreement. Yay means agree. Nay okay, means well, disagree. Yeah. Listen I'm, to the rules, Justin. I'm giving him a yay because I'm, I'm with you, Patrick. I, I think I don't like DHs. I think they suck. I mean, I like Edgar Martinez, but I don't like David Ortiz <laughs> for the exact same reasons I dislike. I would say no. <laughs> yeah, so like, I'm, a, I'm a total hypocrite here. I just like, I come on. He's He played in Boston. Yeah. He played with the Green Monster. It's not that hard to hit home runs in that stadium. And he was, you know, an extreme pull hitter. He wasn't going to hit opposite field. So, you know, See, well, he popped he... like, what, 20, 25 home runs over the Green Monster every year? He come never on, hit no. it. That's... Was he that side of the plate, though? I don't remember him hitting a lot of home runs over um, the Green Monster. Didn't he bat right? He was a left-handed batter. I think he was a left-handed batter. He hit more to that oh, yeah. uh, pesky pole or whatever yeah. it's called. Oh, yeah, that's right. But still, it which is really easy to hit home it. runs because the fence is super low over there, and if you yeah. pull it well enough, it's going to be gone. I just have to disagree. You're 0 for 2 with me because, again, he's just a baseball guy. I can't hate a baseball guy. Even though we can't field, which is like a big part of baseball. But still, uh, let's see if you can get one for me here, Patrick. Uh, Number three on my list is Andy Pettit. He is the master of the cut fastball. He was so dominant for so long on the mound. Anytime Andy Pettit was on the mound against the Jays, I just figured I might as well shut the game off because we're going to lose this one. Andy Pettit was such a force that... It's kind of like a begrudging respect. Like, I, I I respect him, but I also hate him because he was a Yankee. And there's just something, I don't know, there's like a visceral feeling inside of me when I think of Andy Pettit. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you. I hated yeah. watching Andy Pettit pitch against the Jays. He was so dominant out there, but he also just, again, looked so cocky while doing it, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he knew 
He was pitching well when he was on, and I just hated that. His little smirk when he just knew he was in the zone or I couldn't take any pettit. So <laughs> I'll give you the A there. there. You got one for me, okay, Patrick? Yeah, big A for me as well. Exactly. And then I also put as just like I cheated again where I had a four Whoa, thing. Literally cool. anyone ever caught on PEDs. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's ironic that you yes. threw the cheaters on this list when you, <laughs> you cheated on this list. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, very one, interesting, I guess. bud. Very interesting. <laughs> uh, let's go to your hate list, Justin. Here, let's. All what right. are your three? I'm gonna start it off with two simple words: Rugned Odor. Yeah, that doesn't need explaining. We all hate that guy. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna that say. That guy's scum. All right. Um, next up on my that list, you said. <laughs> Alex Rodriguez. Hmm. <laughs> Tying into Patrick's oh, cheater here um, with the old, oh, yeah, I, I didn't use drugs. Oh, just kidding. I used drugs when I was in Texas from 2001, 2003. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, just kidding. I'm in this other report that says I use steroids in New York, too. <laughs> ha ha. I fooled you. I'm really sorry, guys. Misses 211 games, comes back, is complete dog shit, yeah, and then fades into obscurity. Yeah. Is he on ESPN? Is yeah, that, he's is doing uh, he Sunday is? Night yeah. Baseball. Yeah, and I, I've heard that he's okay. I don't watch Sunday Night Baseball because I usually have better things to do like sleep on Sunday nights um, <laughs> so and I couldn't care less to watch Alex Rodriguez com- or do the color commentary on a game um, and it's always Yankees and Red Sox on Sunday anyway so really who cares mm-hmm. again um, yeah I just I got no patience for a guy who lies multiple multiple times um, <laughs> yeah and when he yelled mine mine was it behind Howie Clark I don't know if it was Howie Clark. Who was playing third base? The I want to say Howie Clark for some reason. There's somebody really random. Yeah, that's why I want to go with Howie Clark, like the most yeah. random J of all time. It's like it wasn't. Was it not Koski or? I can't remember, but I, I know that was that such was. a dick bag yeah, move on him to do that. Yelling mine on the yeah. base pads, and, and like he and tried to deny saying, it afterwards. And it you was clearly like, camera footage of yeah. him yelling. And it's like, yeah, you, you're such a dumbass, yeah. Alex Rodriguez. That's the A for me. What uh, about you, Patrick? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, he he was a cheater, so he automatically <laughs> goes on my shit list now and forever. And you're right, it was Howie Clark. Mm-hmm. Um, just so his reaction, just I'm watching the clip right now without sound, and I just his the look on his face is like, I don't give a shit, I don't give a shit. Exactly. Screw him. Yeah, he's a, like, no, there was he had no sportsmanship on the on the field and like no sportsmanship. He's a yeah. cheater. He lied. I hope he doesn't get. Or is he already in the Hall of no, Fame? Is it too late? He's not eligible yet. He hasn't been five years. I I hope he gets locked out of the Hall of Fame the same he, way that they've locked out Barry Bonds. He won't and get in right away. Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. Yeah. It's just like what a what a what a true ass clown this yeah. guy was. He is the definition of a douche. Mm-hmm. Um, see, <laughs> I kind of went like the complete opposite of my. My love list. So I picked a bunch of a bunch of good guys. <laughs> yeah. And then my hate list is just like a bunch of. Uh, like, sorry, my last one here, Brett Gardner. I hate Brett Gardner just for the sole reason that he's like the toughest guy to get out. Whenever the Jays play the Yankees, like we we just can't get Brett Gardner out. Yeah. And he he's... plays hard. He just he just looks like a guy who would play for the Yankees. Um, he just kind of like he has that. He always, he has like the dip in the he's Yankee getting, vibe. Just like that bald head, mm-hmm. just like grizzled old man kind of look that the Yankees always seem to have on their team. And I mean, he's, he's a speedy little dude. He plays left field. Like he's, he's just, he's a, he's a pest. He's yeah. like, the, he's like the Sean Avery of MLB. He's just annoying. Couldn't just, have said it better myself. You just, you just Great can't, comparison. you can't get rid of the guy. Yeah. And it's like, he, he's just always on base. He's always scoring runs. Yeah. He's, he's an antagonist. And I mean, good for him for, 
uh, kind of being a spark plug for that Yankee offense for as long as he has been. Man, and it's a, he's a thorn in the side of whoever they play. So I, I'll give I got to give him a hate just for that. And that gets a yay a, for a, me. A respectful hate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually I don't hate Brett Gardner at all. Yeah. I actually like his speed around the base mm-hmm. paths and I. There's always got to be somebody on a rival team that you can kind of focus in on as being like that pesky player. And my begrudging respect for Brett Garner doesn't put him in the hate category for me, so I'm actually going to say nay. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Respectful yay or, or respectful nay or non-respectful nay? It's a, I have a lot of respect for Brett Gardner. There's nothing about him that makes me like dislike him i think he owns like a gigantic farm too and that's kind of cool too if i were a millionaire i would totally just buy a farm <laughs> and every time the season was over i'd go hang out in the farm until it was time to go back and play ball yeah classic just, maritimer over i could just listen here. Oh, i could just run a farm i could just oh, listen yeah. to you say farm all day like the that little maritimes accent comes yeah, out it's, it's not great. that easy to just run a farm guys <laughs> yeah patrick yeah like <laughs> No, I just mean I would want to hang out on the farm. I wouldn't do anything. Maybe I'd build a Fair diamond enough. in the middle of my cornfield. I don't know. That'd be, that'd be like us going, oh, yeah, I just want to go to the Maritimes. Just be a fisherman. Just, just be a lobster just be a casual fisherman. fisherman yeah. you know? lobster, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, guys. <laughs> eat lobster. Uh, I'll keep mine short here because uh, we're way over. Okay. But um, <laughs> mine's kind of funny. Uh, Kurt Schilling. Oh, yeah. Oh, I fucking hate Kurt That's Schilling. A huge yay. Like, nice video game company, man. You completely ran that thing into the ground. <laughs> Great retirement plan. Uh, oh man! Um, and then the bloody sock thing. I like, yeah, cool. You have a cut on your ankle. Congrats. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Um, Jason Giambi. I did not like Jason Giambi because he looked like the bad guy from Rookie of the Year. And also, the, he kind of reminded me of like the guy, <laughs> the bad guy from Major League, except the guy from Major yeah. League facial hair. And He's they just like that. The, the big bad Yankee. Yeah, the yeah. big, huge, on steroids yeah. kind of guy who hits a lot of bombs. Yeah. Like I just did not like Jason, Jason Giambi for that Giambi. reason. And this last one's going to throw you guys off. And you guys probably forgot about this guy. Uh, Mark Pryor. See, Mark Pryor was a great guy and he was a great pitcher. I hate him for the fact that he could have been one of the greats. He could have been one of the greats. And he was a huge letdown. Him and Kerry Wood for the Cubs back in the day. Holy shit, were they electric like together. like the Rick Astley of MLB. I loved watching Mark Pryor. I didn't watch a lot of other teams other than the Jays, but yeah. I watched the Cubs during that time Fair for enough. Mark Pryor, and he just kind of let me down. And I know it was <laughs> injuries, and I know that was the reason for it and stuff, but yeah. I hate Mark Pryor because I invested a lot of time into that guy. <laughs> a lot of time. I would pick him in every single baseball game I owned. I became a big Mark Pryor fan, and then he just disappeared. Absolutely disappeared. Like, it was like a dad who goes out for cigarettes and never comes never back comes again. Back. That's, who, that's who Mark Pryor is in my life. He just never came back. And I hate him Jeez. for it. I absolutely hate him for it. Like, I love that And Kerry Wood kind of, too. Kerry Wood kind of came back with Cleveland for yeah, a bit. Yeah, he, he just, they kind of So, just at least, out. again, he had weekend visits with his kids. Mark Pryor just left. Went for smokes, never came back. Huge I joke. wouldn't even say Mark Pryor... Uh, left and never came back. It was more like he got snapped by Thanos. His career just dissolved yeah. oh, like after uh, his time with the Cubs. See like, he got kidnapped by some kind of gang, and they realized he didn't have any money, so they just <laughs> threw him off a bridge <laughs> or something. He just disappeared, yeah. yeah. I wonder what he's doing now. Nothing. I bet co- you coaching Is baseball. he coaching high school coaching baseball? Coaching high school baseball. <laughs> no, Still he's going. the bullpen coach for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh, really? What? Really? Good for him. Yes. Hey, Mark Pryor is still yeah, in the game. Good See, for him. We, we don't get he any just, Dodgers he, coverage he, up here. So He just started it this year, oh, and okay. 
the the bullpen you guys probably i don't know if you guys know this They've or not but good. their bullpen has been a disaster this oh, year because they keep getting hurt oh. yeah. yeah like Karma's even john expert who we just traded there oh yeah is is injured he's out yeah. yeah that's what you get for leaving us all mark Pryor. that's what you get uh that's it that's all for uh episode 11 of bat flips and maple dips i probably should have said this off the start but uh we're on facebook um just look up bat flips maple dips on twitter bfmd podcast soundcloud spotify itunes google play music and i have one more thing to say i want to leave us with a quote from our triple a manager uh, bobby meacham he said this to danny jansen he said kid you're going to the big leagues I don't ever want to see you again. <laughs>